This is day 117 of our daily Bible reading. We'll be completing Psalms chapters 103 through 107. Lord God, may we be like Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless your holy name, and forget none of your benefits. You are such a wondrous God. You bring us fresh mercies every morning. You give grace abundantly to us. You give us life and goodness. You give us safety and protection. And yet, how do we treat you? Do we treat you like you deserve, despite all the things you do? Lord, may this time just really dig deep into our minds, into our hearts, that we may recognize who you are, and our life would be changed in such a way that we'd be completely dependent on you and just trust in your provision for us. Lord, we are so powerless, and we thank you for shepherding us this far. Please bless the reading of your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits, who pardons all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion, who satisfies your years with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. The Lord performs righteous deeds and judgments for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the sons of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his loving kindness toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he himself knows our frame. He is mindful that we are but dust. As for man, his days are like grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourishes. When the wind has passed over it, it is no more, and its place acknowledges it no longer. But the loving kindness of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him, and his righteousness to children's children, to those who keep his covenant and remember his precepts to do them. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens, and his sovereignty rules over all. Bless the Lord, you his angels, mighty in strength who perform his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all you his hosts, you who serve him, doing his will. Bless the Lord, all you works of his. In all places of his dominion, bless the Lord, O my soul. 
Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty, covering yourself with light as with a cloak, stretching out heaven like a tent curtain. He lays the beams of his upper chambers in the waters. He makes the clouds his chariot. He walks upon the wings of the wind. He makes the winds his messengers, flaming fire his ministers. He established the earth upon its foundations, so that it will not totter forever and ever. You covered it with the deep, as with a garment. The waters were standing above the mountains. At your rebuke they fled. At the sound of your thunder they hurried away. The mountains rose, the valleys sank down, to the place which you established for them. You set a boundary that they may not pass over, so that they would not return to cover the earth. He sends forth springs in the valleys. They flow between the mountains. They give drink to every beast of the field. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. Beside them the birds of the heavens dwell. They lift up their voices among the branches. He waters the mountains from his upper chambers. The earth is satisfied with the fruit of his works. He causes the grass to grow for the cattle, and vegetation for the labor of man, so that he may bring forth food from the earth, and wine which makes man's heart glad, so that he may make his face glisten with oil, and food which sustains man's heart. The trees of the Lord drink their fill, the cedars of Lebanon which he planted, where the birds build their nest, and the stork whose home is the fir trees. The high mountains are for wild goats. The cliffs are a refuge for the Shephanim. He made the moon for the seasons. The sun knows the place of its setting. You appoint darkness, and it becomes night, in which all the beasts of the forest prowl about. The young lions roar after their prey, and seek their food from God. When the sun rises, they withdraw and lie down in their dens. Man goes forth to his work and to his labor until evening. O Lord, how many are your works! In wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your possessions. There is the sea, great and broad, in which are swarms without number animals both small and great. There the ships move along, and Leviathan, which you have formed, to sport in it. They all wait for you, to give them their food in due season. You give to them, they gather it up. You open your hand, they are satisfied with good. You hide your face, they are dismayed. You take away their spirit, they expire and return to the dust. You send forth your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. Let the glory of the Lord endure forever. Let the Lord be glad in his works. He looks at the earth, and it trembles. He touches the mountains, and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. 
I will sing praise to my God while I have my being. Let my meditation be pleasing to him. As for me, I shall be glad in the Lord. Let sinners be consumed from the earth, and let the wicked be no more. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord. O give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Speak of all his wonders. Glory in his holy name. Let the heart of those who seek the Lord be glad. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. Remember his wonders which he has done, his marvels and the judgments uttered by his mouth. O seed of Abraham, his servant, O sons of Jacob, his chosen ones, he is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He has remembered his covenant forever, the word which he commanded to a thousand generations, the covenant which he made with Abraham, and his oath to Isaac. Then he confirmed it to Jacob for a statute, to Israel as an everlasting covenant, saying, To you I will give the land of Canaan as the portion of your inheritance. When there were only a few men in number, very few, and strangers in it, they wandered about from nation to nation, from one kingdom to another people. He permitted no man to oppress them, and he reproved kings for their sakes. Do not touch my anointed ones, and do my prophets no harm. And he called for a famine upon the land. He broke the whole staff of bread. He sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They afflicted his feet with fetters. He himself was laid in irons, until the time that his word came to pass. The word of the Lord tested him. The king sent and released him, the ruler of peoples, and set him free. He made him lord of his house and ruler over all his possessions to imprison his princes at will that he might teach his elders wisdom. Israel also came into Egypt. Thus Jacob sojourned in the land of Ham and he caused his people to be very fruitful and made them stronger than their adversaries. He turned their hearts to hate his people to deal craftily with his servants. He sent Moses his servant, and Aaron whom he had chosen. They performed his wondrous acts among them, and miracles in the land of Ham. He sent darkness and made it dark, and they did not rebel against his words. He turned their waters into blood, and caused their fish to die. Their land swarmed with frogs, even in the chambers of their kings. He spoke, and there came a swarm of flies and gnats in all their territory. He gave them hail for rain and flaming fire in their land. He struck down their vines also and their fig trees and shattered the trees of their territory. He spoke, and locusts came, 
and young locusts, even without number, and ate up all vegetation in their land, and ate up the fruit of their ground. He also struck down all the firstborn in their land, the first fruits of all their vigor. Then he brought them out with silver and gold, and among his tribes there was not one who stumbled. Egypt was glad when they departed, for the dread of them had fallen upon them. He spread a cloud for a covering, and fire to illumine by night. They asked, and he brought quail, and satisfied them with the bread of heaven. He opened the rock, and water flowed out. It ran in the dry places like a river. For he remembered his holy word with Abraham his servant, and he brought forth his people with joy, his chosen ones with a joyful shout. He gave them also the land of the nations, that they might take possession of the fruit of the people's labor, so that they might keep his statutes and observe his laws. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. O oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Who can speak of the mighty deeds of the Lord, or can show forth all his praise? How blessed are those who keep justice, who practice righteousness at all times. Remember me, O oh Lord, in your favor toward your people. Visit me with your salvation, that I may see the prosperity of your chosen ones, that I may rejoice in the gladness of your nation, that I may glory with your inheritance. We have sinned like our fathers. We have committed iniquity. We have behaved wickedly. Our fathers in Egypt did not understand your wonders. They did not remember your abundant kindnesses. But they rebelled by the sea, at the Red Sea. Nevertheless, he saved them for the sake of his name, that he might make his power known. Thus he rebuked the Red Sea, and it dried up. And he led them through the deeps, as through the wilderness. So he saved them from the hand of the one who hated them, and redeemed them from the hand of the enemy. The waters covered their adversaries, not one of them was left. Then they believed his words, they sang his praise. They quickly forgot his works. They did not wait for his counsel, but craved intensely in the wilderness, and tempted God in the desert. So he gave them their request, but sent a wasting disease among them. When they became envious of Moses in the camp, and of Aaron, the Holy One of the Lord, the earth opened and swallowed up Dathan, and engulfed the family of Abiram. And a fire blazed up in their company. The flame consumed the wicked. They made a calf in Horeb, and worshipped a molten image. Thus they exchanged their glory for the image of an ox that eats grass. They forgot God, their Savior, who had done great things in Egypt, wonders in the land of Ham 
and awesome things by the Red Sea. Therefore, he said that he would destroy them, had not Moses, his chosen one, stood in the breach before him, to turn away his wrath from destroying them. Then they despised the pleasant land. They did not believe in his word, but grumbled in their tents. They did not listen to the voice of the Lord. Therefore he swore to them that he would cast them down in the wilderness, and that he would cast their seed among the nations and scatter them in the lands. They joined themselves also to Baal Peor, and ate sacrifices offered to the dead. Thus they provoked him to anger with their deeds, and the plague broke out among them. Then Phinehas stood up and interposed, and so the plague was stayed, and it was reckoned to him for righteousness to all generations forever. They also provoked him to wrath at the waters of Meribah, so that it went hard with Moses on their account. Because they were rebellious against his spirit, he spoke rashly with his lips. They did not destroy the peoples, as the Lord commanded them, but they mingled with the nations and learned their practices and served their idols, which became a snare to them. They even sacrificed their sons and their daughters to the demons and shed innocent blood, the blood of their sons and their daughters, whom they sacrificed to the idols of Canaan, and the land was polluted with the blood. Thus they became unclean in their practices, and played the harlot in their deeds. Therefore the anger of the Lord was kindled against his people, and he abhorred his inheritance. Then he gave them into the hand of the nations, and those who hated them ruled over them. Their enemies also oppressed them, and they were subdued under their power. Many times he would deliver them. They, however, were rebellious in their counsel, and so sank down in their iniquity. Nevertheless, he looked upon their distress when he heard their cry, and he remembered his covenant for their sake, and relented according to the greatness of his loving kindness. He also made them objects of compassion in the presence of all their captors. Save us, O Lord our God, and gather us from among the nations to give thanks to your holy name and glory in your praise. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting even to everlasting. And let all the people say, Amen. Praise the Lord. O oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the adversary, and gathered from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a desert region. They did not find a way to an inhabited city. They were hungry and thirsty. Their soul fainted within them. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, 
he delivered them out of their distresses. He led them also by a straight way to go to an inhabited city. Let them give praise to the Lord for his loving kindness and for his wonders to the sons of men. For he has satisfied the thirsty soul, and the hungry soul he has filled with what is good. There were those who dwelt in darkness and in the shadow of death, prisoners in misery and chains, because they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. Therefore he humbled their heart with labor, they stumbled, and there was none to help. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death, and broke their bands apart. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness, and for his wonders to the sons of men. For he has shattered gates of bronze, and cut bars of iron asunder. Fools, because of their rebellious way, and because of their iniquities, were afflicted. Their soul abhorred all kinds of food, and they drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them, and delivered them from their destructions. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness, and for his wonders to the sons of men. Let them also offer sacrifices of thanksgiving, and tell of his works with joyful singing. Those who go down to the sea in ships, who do business on great waters, they have seen the works of the Lord, and his wonders in the deep. For he spoke, and raised up a stormy wind, which lifted up the waves of the sea. They rose up to the heavens, they went down to the depths. Their soul melted away in their misery. They reeled and staggered like a drunken man, and were at their wits' end. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them out of their distresses. He caused the storm to be still, so that the waves of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad, because they were quiet. So he guided them to their desired haven. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness, and for his wonders to the sons of men. Let them extol him also in the congregation of the people, and praise him at the seat of the elders. He changes rivers into a wilderness, and springs of water into a thirsty ground, a fruitful land into a salt waste, because of the wickedness of those who dwell in it. He changes a wilderness into a pool of water, and a dry land into springs of water, and there he makes the hungry to dwell, so that they may establish an inhabited city and sow fields, and plant vineyards, and gather a fruitful harvest. Also he blesses them, and they multiply greatly, and he does not let their cattle decrease. 
when they are diminished and bowed down through oppression, misery, and sorrow, he pours contempt upon princes and makes them wander in a pathless waste. But he sets the needy securely on high away from affliction and makes his families like a flock. The upright see it and are glad, but all unrighteousness shuts its mouth. Who is wise? Let him give heed to these things, and consider the loving kindnesses of the Lord. Okay, so lengthwise, this is back to the length of the old readings for today, but the content of what we read today was so rich. And I hope you can agree with that. There's so much to talk about here, but I promise I'll keep this as brief as possible. Psalm 103 is one of my favorite psalms of all time, simply because of all the things that it talks about that the Lord does for us and how much we really take for granted. But this is the posture of heart that it starts with and ends with. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. There are benefits to being God's children, right? There are certainly good things that happen to us, and his favor is ever on us. So the least that we can do in light of that truth is to bless the Lord. Even if it's difficult, we should be blessing the Lord because he is in control of all things. Now, this particular psalm was written by David, and many scholars agree that this was likely written near the end of his life. This was a time where he was reflecting upon the things God has done for him in his old age and is thankful for all the blessings and all the times that he was delivered out of the hands of enemies. We see some very early signs of New Testament truth in this psalm as well. For example, he pardons all of our iniquities, right? He forgives us. He heals all your diseases. Now, not necessarily a physical disease. It could mean that, but this seems to be more of a spiritual disease, which we're talking about our sin nature. The sin nature is still with us to some degree, but we are no longer slaves to it. We are no longer under control of Satan anymore. And so he has healed us from that disease. He's redeemed our life from the pit. Obviously, he saved us from hell. We're not going to hell. And not only that, but it also says in the New Testament that he will crown us with righteousness, that we will become heirs to his kingdom. We will be princes and princesses of heaven. He crowns us with loving kindness and compassion. We certainly don't deserve that, but he's doing it. He satisfies your years with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. How often does he give us more than we need? How often does he give us more than we ask? God is so good. Now, this doesn't mean that if you obey God, you'll get all the material things you ever want, but you will lack nothing. You will be content with what you have, and you will not go 
without your needs daily. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. This is certainly something we see throughout the Psalms to be truth. He is indeed these things. He will not always strive with us, which means he won't always accuse us, he won't always fight against us, which he won't because we are his children now. He will not fight against us. He has forgiven us. So he will not have his anger forever. We will not be the subject of his anger. And isn't this so true as well? We look at how wretched we are. I hope by reading the Bible we just feel so dirty. How insignificant we are and how sinful we are. Does your sin in your life have weight to it? It really should. And that's a sign, that's a healthy sign. We should recognize how far off the mark we are from achieving holiness. And the sin that we always do should bother us. Those are signs of a regenerated life. But thank God, verse 10, he has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor has he rewarded us according to our iniquities. He hasn't treated us like our sin deserves. He's a kind and compassionate God. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his loving kindness to those who fear him. Heaven is very much high above the earth. And so that's how far his loving kindness is for us. And heaven itself, I think, is outside of time and space. I don't think it's a literal place that is within the universe itself. I think it's outside the universe. Verse 12, as far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. When does the east and the west ever meet? They never do. They're completely opposite from each other. So that's showing that how far our sins are held against us. When he forgives us, they depart in opposite directions and they never see each other again. They never come back to haunt us. Just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. There's that caveat there. we got to fear him, and he has compassion on us. Why does he treat us so well? Verse 14, he himself knows our frame. He is mindful that we are dust. He recognizes our frailty. He created us. He knows exactly what we're made of, and he knows our inclinations toward evil. He knows our forgetfulness, and he has remained faithful to us despite that. This is one of my favorite verses, because he knows our weaknesses. It doesn't surprise him when we fail him. It doesn't surprise us when temptation comes knocking on our door and we fall prey to it. That's why we are so dependent on him, it's not even funny. We don't recognize that all the time, but we can't do anything without him. We can't take a breath without him. Why do we fight him so much? Why do we push him to the side so often? I feel like what Paul was saying in Romans chapter 7 just 
I do the things that I don't want to do. And I do the things that I hate. Wretched man that I am. Who's going to save me from this? The Lord God's going to save us from this because this is who he is and he knows our frame. He knows that we are just dust. We are silly, mortal beings. And yet he has such compassion on us because we are made in his image. Praise the Lord for all that he's done. He ends the chapter recognizing just how good he is as well as his sovereignty over all creation. And he's commanding everyone to bless the Lord. The angels, this creation, and of course, us. Psalm 104 is a very interesting psalm. We don't know who wrote this one, but it is almost like a psalm of praising God's creation of everything. It's almost like a, a retelling of the Genesis 1 account in more poetic language and just praising God for all the things that he has made. So it goes through all these different aspects of creation that we've seen before. Now, in case you were wondering, in verse 18, it talks about Shephanim. Now, Shephanim is a word for a certain kind of creature, usually like a rock badger or you know some sort of furry animal, like a hyrax, for example. There, there's some small furry creatures that exist in the land of Israel today. One is called the hyrax. And there's some also like rabbits and so on and so forth. They usually get lumped together as Shephanim. And so that's what that means at this particular point. We just see that all of creation is dependent on God to feed them and to water them. And not only that, but it also says in verse 30, You send forth your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. God determines our death and our life. And it is his breath that causes all things to exist. So the breath that you breathe is not yours. It is actually on loan from God. Because like it says that the Bible is inspired by the Spirit, the actual language says that the Bible is God-breathed. That God breathed it and it existed. In the very same way, we are also God-breathed. Imagine the same kind of language of the Genesis account. That he formed the man out of the dust of the ground, and then he breathed into him and he became a living creature. It wasn't until the breath of God entered into that shell that he became a human being. That understanding that without God, we are nothing. So with that, in light of that, verse 34 kicks right in. Let my meditation be pleasing to him. As for me, I shall be glad in the Lord. Or even verse 33, I will sing to my God while I have my being. While I'm able, I will sing to the Lord. Let the meditation be pleasing to him, as in my thoughts, what I think about, be pleasing to him. My mind remains steadfast and pure in what I'm putting in there. And I'm constantly thinking about the Lord. So this is a very good psalm to move into Psalm 105 as well. Which, Psalm 105 is more of a historical psalm as to 
everything that God has done from the beginning into the faithful time of the kingdom that they're in at, the, at that point of history. It mentions all the wonderful things that God has done at the beginning up until the point of Abraham, talking about how faithful he was to Abraham, how faithful he was to Isaac, how faithful he was to Jacob, how faithful he was to the nation in Egypt, to Joseph, to Moses, to leading them into the promised land. And we see all the wonderful things God did in their lives and in the history of this nation. But it also talks about how unfaithful they were. Many, many times it talks about how they were forgetting the Lord, or how they had not obeyed him, or how they were not listening and believed him. And it showed all these things that we were not doing, and yet God still dealt with them with faithfulness. That is the overarching theme of the two Psalms 105 and 106. 105 more shows his deliverance and his fulfillment of the covenant that he made with Abraham, that he would make him a great nation. And it leads up to the point in Egypt where he's doing all the plagues, and then Egypt lets them go, and they become their own nation, and it ends there. But then in 106, it picks up from that point, and it shows all the things that he was doing for them in the wilderness, and they just kept forgetting the Lord. They just kept not obeying him. They just kept mistreating him and being really hard-hearted against the Lord. And yet, despite all that, God was still faithful to them. How wonderful we have a God like him. Then we have Psalm 107. And this is the beginning of the final book of the Psalms, book 5 of the Psalter. And I love Psalm 107 too. And it, the way that this is broken up is in four different, almost word pictures, if you will. Four different situations that we see people in. We see first off in verse 4, we see, and then it always starts with this particular scenario. Then it shows what God did, and then what is our response to that, which is usually the same response. So, for example, in verse 4, it says that they're wandering the wilderness, they were hungry and thirsty, their soul was fainting, they cried out to God, and he rescued them and established them. Then it goes into verse 8, where it says, Let them give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness and for his wonders to the sons of men. It'll always say that at the end of every section, and then something about what he did in this situation. For he has satisfied the thirsty soul, and the hungry soul he has filled with what is good. Then it goes to the next word picture, and the pattern repeats itself three more times. The second group is prisoners in misery and chains. Then he delivers them, and then what is our response? The third section is fools. They cried out to God, he saved them, and this is what we do in response. Then finally, we see merchants on the on the sea, seafaring merchants. They were in trouble. God rescued them from their trouble. And what is our response to it? Then it goes to all the different things that God 
is able to do. Now, it, I've heard sermons about this one before, and they leave it as simple as that, that no matter what part of life that you're in, God will save you from it if you cry out to him. But I don't think that's the complete picture. I read this, and I see something completely different. I feel like this is more of the conversion experience from different walks and areas of life. And I think the whole point of this psalm is that no matter who you are or what you've done or what point of your life that you're in, no one is beyond God's reach. Because, for example, like in the first section, it says they wander the wilderness in a desert region. They're hungry and thirsty. Their soul faints within them. I don't see it just being as simply as they're literally in the desert and they're literally hungry and thirsty. I don't see that because it mentions at the end of this that he's talking about satisfying thirsty and hungry souls, not bodies, but souls. Isn't it so true that in our hearts and in our souls, like we always say, I remember hearing this a lot when I was younger, every heart and soul has a God-shaped hole. As in, there is nothing in this world that will satisfy you except God. And I see that as being more what is talked about here, where it's showing how people are wandering this earth looking for satisfaction, and they find none. They remain hungry and thirsty until they cry out to the Lord, and he satisfies them, and he brings them into deliverance. That is how I see it. And you see that in three different other scenarios with prisoners, people that are trapped in addictions, right? Fools, people who have rebelled against God, who have marched against him, and yet God has caused them to come to their senses. Think about Paul as well. Paul was zealous to go against Christians. He was a hardcore Jew, and he thought he was doing the right thing. And in his foolishness, he was persecuting the people of God until Jesus stepped in and corrected the issue, removed him from his rebellious way. And then we see in the last one where people are on great waters, where you see them in the middle of these tides. I don't think this necessarily is talking about seafaring people. I think it's the people who are dealing with you know, the waves of life when it comes to the business world, trying to make money and money satisfy you, you know, trying to work yourself into salvation, so on and so forth. But sprinkled in there, you see prophecy, I think at least, of what God does in verse 28 through 30. They cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them out of their distresses. He caused the storm to be still, so that the waves of the sea were hushed. This was literally fulfilled by Christ. Then they were glad because they were quiet. So he guided them to their desired haven. And that's exactly what God did. He actually caused them to teleport, if you want to call it that, but just to arrive from the middle of the Galilee Sea to just arrive at the shore where they're supposed to go, just instantly. He did that. It's in the gospel accounts. 
So I think that is also a fulfillment of what Christ actually did. Now, I think as well, from verses 33 through 36, this is the signs of a regenerated life. Because before Christ comes and changes us, we are nothing. We are a barren wasteland. Our soul is just a desert. But when God comes into our hearts, he gives us that refreshment. He gives us life. And he changes our desert into an oasis. But God can also do the opposite. Like it says in Romans chapter 1, if we continue in sin and we love these things of the world, sometimes God will let you go into those lusts. So that's why it's, I think it says as well that he changes rivers into a wilderness. So he isn't complete, he's completely sovereign over his creation, but I think it's more than that. And then lastly, you go to verses 39 through 43, where it talks about God's justice being sovereign over all things. So I hope you got as much enjoyment out of the reading today as I did, because it was so amazing to go through this. I look forward to some of the ones that we're going to be reading in the near future. Well, that's all I have for today. Thank you for listening. I'm Ryan, and we'll see you next time. Take care, and God bless you.